Let me ask you a question. Has anybody ever struggled with feelings of failure? Am I the only one? Okay, good. Good. You know, we do. We have feelings of failure. Failure as a wife. Failure as a mom. Failure as a friend. Maybe failure because we have not we haven't been able to reach those goals or accomplishments that we've tried so hard so many years for so long over and over and over again to reach. So tonight I'm just real quickly want to give you four practical ways to help you overcome those feelings of failure, okay? And from there, I believe the Lord's just going to show you more. So we're just going to get right into it. So the first the first thing I just want to give you a tip on to just kind of help you overcome those feelings of failure is first of all, to change your perspective of failing, change your perspective of failing. You know, our mentality today is really when we think of failing, we think it's a bad thing. It's a negative thing because, because in our minds it affects us and it affects the people around us, right? Because we can't, we can't perform. We can't, we can't meet their needs. We can't meet our needs. We can't do anything right. But if, we, if we're going to overcome the feelings of failure, we need to change our perspective of what failing really is. And the way to do that is, number one, accept the fact that no one is perfect, nor will we do everything perfectly, right? Now, you may be sitting out there and thinking, well, I'm not that person. I do everything perfect. I never fail. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, you have just failed at not being able to acknowledge that you fail. But we all, we all, no, not one of us is perfect. You know, and I want you to listen to this. Failing does not make us failures. Can you get that? If you can get that, just that tonight, you've got a lot. Failing does not make you a failure. It makes us human, and we're all human. We all make mistakes. You know, if we did everything perfectly, there would be no need for God in our lives, right? Yeah, we wouldn't need to be here today if, if, if everybody did everything perfect. So we need to accept the fact that no one is perfect, nor will we do everything perfectly. It takes a, takes a big load off already. And number t- and we can also change our perspective whenever we see failing as an opportunity to learn and grow. That's what failing can be. It can be an opportunity to learn and grow. You know, failing experiences can actually help us grow and mature as Christians. And it can build godly character in us, but most importantly, the character of humility, right? But we have to respond positively to failing. So when you fail, when you mess up, when you feel like you've messed up, just be quick to humble yourself. Just admit your mistakes and say, I'm sorry. And then just open up your heart to the Lord and allow him to teach you. You know, God will honor your humility. God honors our humility. And so in failure, when we fail, if we will just humble ourselves, the Bible says, that God will lift you up. God will honor that. He's, he's not looking at your failure. He's looking at your response to it. It's not what you do. It's what, how you respond to what you do. Yeah. 
Psalm 37 verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So when we make a mistake, if we will just humble ourselves, Scripture says that we won't be utterly cast down. The Lord's going to pick us back up again. Yeah, that's what humility is about. It's about lowering yourself so that he can, he can help you up. And we learn from that. When you learn from failing, that's not a failure. Yeah, it's moving forward. Number two, the, another way that we can overcome feelings of failure is by silencing your critics. Silencing your critics. You know, there are a lot of voices out there competing for our ear. Huh? A lot of voices competing for our ear. One, vo- one critic is man's voice. And this is what man's voice sounds like. That's not good enough. You're doing it all wrong. I know you took a bullet for me, but you didn't die right. It's never enough for man. It's never enough. And, you know, really women are the worst, right? We, we are the worst. We really are. We will always have a better way of doing things than the way that you're doing it. Like, I will always have a better way to do it than you. We are like the opinion pros. You know, for example, like, it would look better if you put it over there. Or if you did it this way. It would look better if you did it this way. Here, let me show you how to do it. Because I'm good at it. Oh, you cooked this for me. It's really good. Thank you so much. It tastes so good. But you know what would make it taste awesome? Is if you would put this in it. Um, um, you're going to, you're going to wear those shoes with that outfit? No. You know, we, we are just so good at that. We're so good at critiquing people and critiquing things and, and our way is always better, right? We actually have more opinions than we need to have. We really do. We really do. And, and the thing about listening to Man's voice, man's critic, man's opinion is that um, the problem is, is because man's never satisfied. We're never satisfied because, because it, has to, it has to satisfy our flesh. And so it's never, the flesh is never satisfied. You know, it'll never be good enough. It'll never meet our standard. Our standards are too high. There's a scripture in Proverbs 27 verse 20. It says, death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are the eyes of man. That's bad that we are compared to death and destruction when it comes to satisfaction for ourselves. So you, we're gonna, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit in a little bit about how to silence that critic, man's critic. You know, we speak a universal language. I don't think people realize it, but we do. We speak a universal language, and that language is called self. If it doesn't appease me, if it doesn't satisfy me, fail. 
If it doesn't meet my needs in the way that I need it to be met, you failed. You failed me because you did not meet the needs in the way that I needed them to be met. If it doesn't fill my void, if you don't fill that void in my life, I know God's supposed to fill that void, but, but you are his vessel. And you are supposed to fill that void in my life. And if you don't fill it the way that I need it to be filled, you just made an epic fail. That's man's voice many, many times. Another voice, another critic is Satan. Satan's voice. And this is the thing about Satan. Satan's voice is actually quiet and subtle, but he's actually, he's very crafty. First Peter 5, 8 says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And whenever I think about Satan's voice, I think about, like, I liken his voice to, to like a horse whisperer or a dog whisperer. You've ever heard of those? A horse whisperer or a dog whisperer? They're, they're very, they know what they're doing. They know how to train an animal to submit to them without having like a power struggle. And you know, it, it, they're really good at it. It's amazing to watch, but they're, you know, they're very patient. They're, they're very subtle. You know, they know how to bring that animal into submission. It's just like, you know, they work with that animal and they're not going crazy. You know, the, the horse whisperer is not, you know, he's very patient. He's not losing his mind before he knows that horse is, he's riding that horse. So that horse is doing everything he wants it to do. And that's what, that's what, uh, Satan reminds me of. He's like, he's like a failure whisperer. He's a failure whisperer. You know, he's subtle and he's strategic and he's sneaky and he's crafty and he's very patient. He's very patient and he will use guilt and condemnation to saddle you. And before you know it, you, you and I are submitted to his mindset that we are failures. Oh my word, you messed up on that. You, you probably destroyed that person's life because you made a mistake. Or you probably ruined your kids' lives because, because of the way that you raised them or what you said to your child, you crushed her spirit. You'll never, you'll, you'll never be able to get that relationship back. He's very subtle. He'll just, he'll just take our, our, our mistakes and he'll take our, our, um, when we fail and he'll just, he'll just slip in guilt and condemnation. And before we know it, we're just submitted. We are submitted to, uh, the bondage and the oppression of failure. And, you know, he really likes it when we listen to man's criticism. Cause when we listen to man's voice, then he can just kind of, Take a break, you know. So yeah, go ahead and listen to what man has to say about you and about, and about what you do in your accomplishments or your, or your failures. And, but sometimes we don't listen to man. We won't listen to that person and we know better, right? But he, he likes it when we listen to man because he knows, he knows when we do, it hurts deep. It hurts deep when someone makes, says things that makes you feel like a failure, right? But if that doesn't work, if man's voice doesn't work, to make you feel like a failure, Satan will use man's silence to get to you. Oh, that person didn't acknowledge that you did that. They didn't give you glory for that. They didn't recognize you for that. They didn't give you praise for that. They never said thank you or you did a good job. 
And so he'll use man's silence to make us feel like a failure. So we don't get in no glory, no praise, no good. We didn't do good. Failure. And then you have the critic of yourself. You have your own voice. And sometimes we are our own worst critics, yeah? We are the worst critic of all. We define what success looks like. We will devalue what God paid a high price for. The gifts, the talents, the callings that he's placed on our lives. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to come out perfect. They're not going to look perfect, but because they don't, we devalue that and think, well, surely God can't use that. It's not perfect. I'm going to let somebody else do it because I surely am not good enough, Lord. I'm not going to, not going to submit to your call because I'm, I, I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough. You know, we devise our own grading scale. We set standards for ourselves that we can never measure up to because we have to meet, measure up to those standards in the flesh. We have to use our flesh to meet those standards. And then we beat ourselves up when we, we can't meet those, when we can't measure up. We don't give ourselves any room for error and no grace. You know, we, we can make all, we can be in college, we can make all A's and one C, but we're going to beat ourselves up because we made that one C. We're not going to acknowledge the good things that came out of it. We're only going to point out the bad things that came out of it. And man is guilty of that too. And Satan is surely good at pointing out what's wrong. He don't, he's not about to tell you what you did right or what you did good. But we're the worst at it. I know that I, that's a big deal for me. We compare our failures and inabilities to someone else's successes and abilities. Think about that. We compare our, our failures and our inabilities to someone else's successes and abilities. Like, how unfair is that? You can't, you can't put that kind of a standard on yourself. You know, you know, think about, you know, a mother that, you know, she goes to a friend's house and her friend's house is always immaculate. It's so clean. The dishes are always done. The floors are always clean. The, the carpet's vacuumed. It's dusted. Everything's got its perfect little space. And you think, oh my gosh, I'll never, I'll, I'm, I'm a failure as a wife and a mother. I, I can't. I can't keep things picked up off the floor and I can't keep up with the dishes and I can't keep up the laundry. Well, maybe that's because she is the mother of one child and you are the mother of four children. You can't compare yourself to that. And, and even if she's the mother of one child, have you ever looked in her cabinets? She probably shoved everything in there because she were, she knew you were coming. Y'all don't come look in my cabinets. So how to silence your critics? Well, first of all, we have to realize that man will never be completely satisfied. Flesh cannot be satisfied. Flesh is like an unhealthy fire. It just wants, it just wants to burn and burn and burn. You, you can't put it out. So you have to realize that 
you know, I will never satisfy that person. So why? I, I can't make it my goal to make them happy and be pleasing to them. Number two, don't adopt what other people choose to say or do in response to your efforts as your failure. I'm going to read that again. Don't adopt what other people choose to say or do in response to your efforts as your failure. And what I'm saying by that is, you know, there are a lot of times that we are in relation, we're um, going through things with a family member or a spouse or your children, and it's not good. And you are trying everything in your power to do what God has called you to do, to say and be and have the attitude to carry a Christ-like attitude and to do the things that God has called you to do, to, to be in, to do everything in your power to be at peace with all men. And it still does not work. Don't, it's not your, you, it, that is not your fault. You are doing what God has called you to do. So whether they choose to respond to that in a positive way or a negative way, if they, if they don't accept that, you can't adopt that as you failing. I failed because it didn't work out. I worked and I worked and I worked and I gave and I gave and I gave and I forgave and I served and I didn't say anything and I, I loved, I loved them through it and they still, they still, they still, it didn't help. It didn't change things. It didn't, that is not your failure. We, we have free will. And so God is only requiring you to do your part in the situation. And after that, it's left up to them and God. So don't adopt what other people choose to say or do in response to your actions as your failure. Because you will, you will run into people that you're going to reach out to, that you know that they're offended at you, that you hurt their feelings and you're, or, or, or they don't, they don't want to, uh, connect with you anymore. They, they want to push away from you and you are trying and trying and trying to reach out to them and they don't want. That is, that does not mean that you have failed. Amen. So you do your part and you let God do his part. And whatever that person wants to do is between them and God. That's all you can do. Another way to silence your, your critics is to seek only for God's approval. Quit trying to seek for man's approval. We, we can't please everybody. We cannot please everybody. If everybody that is a member of Family Life Church would be pleased with me and I would, this place would be packed. But I, I can't, I can't live my life always worried about the empty spaces in the church. It's the people that are here that's, that are hungry for God and want to encourage themselves in the Lord. That's what's important. I can love them later, but it's, it's not about me. It's about God's obedience and doing what he's called me to do. Amen. So however people want to respond to that, I'm not here to please man. I'm here to do the will of my father in heaven. I'm here to do what God has called me to do. And so are you. So are you. So everything you do, make sure you do it to please the Lord. Galatians 1.10 says, am I 
now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? Listen to this. If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So let me ask you a question. Whose servant do you want to be? To, who do you, whose servant do you want to be? Do you want to be man's servant or do you want to be Christ's servant? I want to be Christ's servant. And so I, I need to, I need to get out from under that oppression of, oh my gosh, I did not please that person. Well, I may not see that person in 10 years from now. We might, we might not even be like they might live in another country. So I'm going to do my best to serve them and love them through Christ, but it's only to be pleasing to Christ. I'm only seeking God's approval. Another way that we can silence voices is to remember who you are in Christ. Remember who you are in Christ. Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. So when the enemy wants to put guilt and condemnation on you because you didn't do it right, or you maybe failed at it, or they think you didn't do it right, you actually didn't do anything at all. Like you didn't do anything wrong, but they said you did something wrong. You're like innocent. There's no guilt and condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So remember who you are in Christ. And finally, tell yourself to shush up. That's how you silence self. Sometimes we just need to say, self, you need to take a back seat and you just need to zip it. You need self, zip it. Shush up. Number three, another way that can help us overcome feelings of uh, failure is do by doing everything in love. Doing everything in love. We said, we were singing about that earlier, about God's love, how it sets us free. It sets us free to be who we are in Christ. And I'll, there's three scriptures that just, they're, they're in different parts of God's word, but they all tie in together. And I just love it. And so I'm going to read them back to back. So first Corinthians 16 says, do everything in love. All right. You want to overcome feelings of failure? Do everything in love. Don't do it for selfish gain. Do everything in love. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. Do everything in love. God is love. And 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never fails. So the Bible says, do everything in love because God is love and love never fails. So when you do things in love, you will not fail. You cannot fail because love never fails. You know, when you and I do things in love, we actually step out of the realm of the arm of the flesh and into the realm of God's strength. We step out of the flesh, what I can do, and we step into God's strength, what God can do through me. And so it takes the load off. It takes the pressure off. It takes the responsibility off because I'm not doing it within myself. I'm doing it because of God's love with, and with God's love and allowing God's love to flow through me. So whether that person accepts me, receives me or rejects me, they're not rejecting me. They're rejecting God's love. 
And I can't fail because I am covered. I am in the flow of God's love. And that's why I can't fail because God is love. Amen. Psalm 73 verse 26 says, my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My heart, my flesh, my abilities, my capabilities, you know, what I think is right. They, those things fail me. My flesh will fail me. My attitude will fail me. Yeah. My mind, my thoughts will fail me. My fleshly attempts will fail me. But, but God's strength will never fail me. He is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Forever. When you do things in love, it actually changes your motives. It changes your motives because you're not, you're not trying to do it for your own selfish gain. It's not about you getting approval from man anymore. It's about giving. It's not about receiving. Your motives change to giving. And there's no failing in giving. Because when you truly give, you do it without strings. You don't expect anything in return. You just give. And you can't fail when you give love. So in Christ, in him, we're not failures. And, num- and the last tip I just want to give you real quick, just to help you overcome feelings of failure, do everything is unto the Lord. Everything is unto the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Working for the Lord, not for men. Working for the Lord, not your spouse. Working for the Lord, not your children. As working for the Lord, not your parents. As working for the Lord, not your friends. As working for the Lord, not the people around you. Not for your boss. As to the Lord. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. That's your reward. That's your confirmation that you are not a failure. Because when you do things as unto the Lord, he gives you an inheritance. Nothing that man can ever give you. Way more than man's approval. Way more than man's, oh, you did a good job. You're going to get way more than that. Yeah? Way more than that. So according to this scripture, when we do things as unto him, God regards our efforts. He regards our efforts and he approves of us. And the rewards that we're going to reap are going to be far more than we can ever imagine. Again, when you do things as to the Lord, it switches you from flesh to spirit. You're not doing things in the flesh anymore. You're doing it in the spirit. Because you're doing it with the right motives. And you're doing it to build God's kingdom. Yeah? And there's no failure in that. When you do things in the spirit, you can't fail. Because God knows that you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for him. To build his kingdom. Amen? So do everything as unto the Lord. So those are my four tips for you as far as overcoming failure. 
But listen, I just want to encourage you tonight before we close in prayer. I just want to encourage you, you know, we all, we all have been there. We've all felt like failures at something, at some time or another. You know, and the worst is when we feel like we failed our spouse or our children or the people who are the closest to us. But I just want to encourage you tonight. You know, there are some things that, yes, they're legitimate. I can promise you. I have, you know, I have legitimately failed people. I have legitimately failed at tasks. I have legitimately failed at at being uh, sometimes a good wife and sometimes a good mother. I have. I've done it. But there are some things that in my mind I've failed at that I haven't. And so we got to separate those two things. Because if we have legitimately failed, then yes, we need to humble ourselves and learn and grow from it. But if we haven't failed, we need to start silencing some voices in our lives. Amen? Because the enemy would want nothing more than to keep you, to keep you from all that God has for you. As a daughter of God, as a child of God, as a wife and a mother, you know, he, he wants to keep you from fulfilling all that God has, has for you. I mean, God is just longing for you to taste and experience all that he has for us. But we, we hinder that because we stay in this pit of failure. And God wants us to come out of that, not pridefully, but confidently knowing that he is our strength, that he is our portion. That it's through Christ that we can do all things. He's the one who gives us strength. Yeah? And so sometimes we need to, we need to walk in some grace. We need to walk in some grace. So I just want to just take a minute before, before we, um, we dismiss and I just want you to close your eyes right now. And before we close in prayer, I just want to encourage you. I want you to just think of a situation right now. Something that area of your life that you've maybe felt like a failure. Whether it's something legitimate or something not legitimate that you recognize that, wait a second, this was a voice. I just want you to just think about that situation, that circumstance right now. Get a picture of it in your mind. Of how it really ended. See yourself at the end of that circumstance, the end of that situation. I want you to get a picture of Jesus coming towards you in that circumstance, coming up to you and meeting you right there in that failure. And I want you to silence all the voices, and I want you to just really hear what he's saying about you in that instance. 
what is he saying? He's the voice we want to listen to. It's his voice that we want to hear. It's a loving voice. It's a gentle voice. It's a merciful voice. And some of you may need to hear that voice say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have fought a good fight. You may not have seen the outcome the way that you hoped it would have come, but you have fought a good fight. Well done. I believe that is the word of the Lord for some of you in here tonight. You need to hear the Lord say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You have fought a good fight. And the outcome may not have been the way that you wanted it to be. But because you have done your part, the situation is now in my hands and I'll take care of it from here. But you hold your head up high because you did everything that you could do. So don't be defeated. Don't hold your head down. Hold your head up. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for the ladies in here. And Lord, I just pray for them right now in Jesus' name. Father, I just take authority right now in the name of Jesus over this oppression, over this oppression of I have failed, that I am a failure because of the way things look, because of the outcome. They didn't, they didn't look the way they're supposed to. This wasn't supposed to happen this way. And it's my fault because I didn't do a good enough job. Lord, I just silence that lie right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would just speak your truth in love over them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would encourage their hearts, that you would encourage their lives. We thank you, Father, that you loved us in spite of, Lord, you went to the cross before we were even capable of accomplishing anything for you. When we were in the depths of our sin, Lord, you didn't look down from heaven and see us as sinners and say, they are failures. I'm not sending my son for them. But Lord, you looked down on us and saw a need to pick us up out of a dark place. And so you sent your son to die for us even in our wicked state. Father, I just pray that you would just minister freedom in the minds of your daughters tonight. Minister freedom in their hearts tonight. And God, if they need to repent for something that they have done wrong, that they've been afraid to admit, God, I pray that you administer grace to them to come before you and humble themselves and let that go so that they can walk in liberty and freedom. That you would give them grace to forgive themselves. 
Lord, we just love you and we thank you for this night. We thank you for this time. In the name of Jesus, we pray.